Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coastal Midweek Podcast. This week, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. So this past weekend, TJ and I had a guest speaker in Greg Surratt. And on Saturday, he texted us and said, hey, my flight is delayed six hours and he wasn't going to make it in time for our Saturday night service. So TJ and I went into a bit of a a panic mode, but he and I decided, you know what, we're going to speak together. And the greatest thing that we love to talk about is relationships. And so we did a message Saturday night only. And so many people walked out of that service and was like, man, that was so powerful. That was some of the best content that I've ever heard you guys give. And I was like, oh man, we spend a lot of time preparing every other week. And this week we just kind of threw it together, but we didn't want to waste just that Saturday night service. So I wanted to bring it to you this week on the Coastal Midweek Podcast. So why don't you guys listen in to the Saturday night service? What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How you guys doing tonight? You guys doing great? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're in for kind of a change of pace tonight because uh, our guest that was supposed to be here tonight is stuck on a flight right now coming in. Uh, which we found out about three hours ago. And so tonight, you're getting uh, two voices. Extra that, special. That are extra, extra special. Uh, and so those notes that are on your seat tonight, uh, it is, they are, it's a really great message. And if you want to hear that, you got to come back come tomorrow. Back tomorrow. <laughs> to one of the three services that are tomorrow. And you can actually take those notes. And uh, it'll be great. I promise you, we have, we have Pastor Greg Surratt from Seaco Church. In fact, the song that we've been singing, uh, House of Miracles, actually his church wrote that song. Uh, Brandon Lake, you might have heard of from all the Elevation Worship. He's the worship leader at his church. And so incredible, incredible church. In fact, they're one of the reasons we exist today is because they invested in us financially uh, when we were getting started. And we would not be here yep. today if it wasn't for Pastor Greg Surratt and Seaco's church. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to hear an incredible message, come back tomorrow. 9, 10, 15, 1130. If you want to hear tonight's going to be great too. Message, stay here tonight. Okay. An average, average message. But I feel uh, like tonight, by, you guys might not know this, but we have a, a midweek podcast that TJ and I do. And it might kind of be like the podcast where yeah. we're talking back and forth. So because we had two hours to come up with this. So two hours. Okay. So this is, this is the best we have in two hours. Just everybody just, I'm just prefacing that, uh, and you can hear my voice is not even prepared to talk. That's like gone. <laughs> so this is just going to go how it's going to go tonight. It's the grace be of Jesus be upon you. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So okay. one of the things that we love to talk about is we love to talk about relationships. Yes. It's probably one of our favorite subjects to talk about. And I think that, you know, we deal with relationships in so many different aspects of life, whether that's in our relational world, whether that's with the dynamics with our children, whether yep. that's uh, the work relationships that we have, whether that's uh, the, the marriage relationship that we are all involved friendships. in. Friendships. And, and a lot of us, we have this mindset that, you know, 
we value relationships at a really, really high level. Yeah. And so a lot of times we, we, we say we value them, but a lot of times in our minds, we'll like, we have this thought is like, someday I'm going to get to do the things or say the things that I really want to say to those people. And, and what I've noticed is that when I have a someday mentality that mm-hmm. that day just never seems to come. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of out there in the distance. And so, like, I have a lot of ideals. I have a lot of things that I would like to say, a lot of things I would like, a lot of conversations I'd like to have, a lot of experiences I would like to have. But because they're always out in someday, they never actually happen today. And, and, And a lot of us, we live as relationally as if we have all the time in the yeah. world actually on our side. And I'm not necessarily so sure that that is true because I yeah. think a lot of times we're putting off things that we should be doing today. Yeah, I mean, scripture actually reminds us how brief our time on earth is. Yeah. And I think we have to take advantage of the time that we have and the relationships that we have. And in Psalms 39, four and five, it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire life is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. You know, scriptures here is telling us like your days are numbered. We don't just have this unlimited amount of time to accomplish everything that we want to accomplish or enter into the relationships or heal the relationships or mend the relationships that we have in our life. And this scripture actually isn't something that is there to create anxiety in us. It's there to cause this like awareness to be present in our life of going, listen, the time that you have right now, the conversations that you're having with your kids, the, the, the issues that you're having in your marriage, you don't have all the time in the world to fix that. We have to take advantage of the time that we've been given. And I, I've, I've been thinking about this actually a lot lately because it's so easy to put off building your life on what matters most. It's so easy to say, you know what? I'll do that tomorrow. I'll say I'm sorry tomorrow. I'll fix that relationship tomorrow. I'll have sex tomorrow. Gosh, we're going there. Okay, all right. I I mean, it is true. How many of us say, hey, how about tomorrow, honey? You know, (laughs) I got a headache. (laughs) No guys ever heard that, (laughs) ever. So, So let me, but let me ask you seriously, serious. Sorry, that wasn't in our notes. That's just, just <clears throat> what happens when there's not a lot of time. <laughs> you interrupted me in the really serious part. Sorry. But how do we make sure what matters at the end of our life matters right now? How do we make sure that what matters most to us at the end of our life matters right now? matters in this moment. How can we make sure that we have those kind of priorities in our life? Because I think at at the end of most people's life, if you were to ask them what matters most, most of the time at the end of people's lives, they're saying it's, it's the people. It's the people they loved. It's the people that loved them. It was the time that they spent in relationship and in community. What matters most, it always comes down to people, right? in the relationships. Now, if I were to ask you right now to write out 
your top three priorities in life, I would bet that the overwhelming majority of you would have some sort of a relationship at the top of that list as a priority in your life. Then my question to you would be this. Does your calendar and your choices back up that priority? Does your calendar and your choices back up that thing that you would say is a priority in life? Yeah, I, I read this on Pinterest, and I know that that's just took away my man card, <laughs> but it's, 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 a, it's a true statement, and it said this. You can, go, you can go on all day about what your priorities are, but your priorities are what you did last week. Yep. Isn't that true? I mean, your priorities are like what, what you're actually spending your life on. And, and I say spending because every single one of us is exchanging yep. our time for something. It might be time with, with uh, y- your, your cell phone. That's where a lot of people are spending mm-hmm. a lot of their time. It, it, but we're exchanging it. But their and, kids are their priority and their relationships their priority. Right. But your calendar never lies. Like it always tells you what matters. Your screen time never lies. You. The screen time <laughs> on your phone when it comes up every week, it, it is not lying. So, so we say relationships are a priority, but if we actually start to evaluate our lives, we find out that they're actually really, really, really far yeah. down the list. And, yeah. and what's interesting is that over the last couple of years, Shayla and I have both lost all of our grandparents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, bo- and all of them were super impactful yeah, in our life. So. Like the reason I, I'm a Christian today yeah, is because of my grandma. Yeah, same you know? here, because my grandmother prayed for me over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And, and it seemed like the only time that I actually made time for them in my life, while I say that they're super important, and they had a lot of value, was when they were on their deathbed. Yeah. And it, and it actually got me thinking, like, why, why do I wait to the very last moment? Why do I wait till the end of things to have the conversations and share the stories mm-hmm. and remind people of the impact? Yeah. Because I say that relationships are important, but then the reality of my life yeah. says something very, very different. I actually, I actually think sometimes in moment, there are moments in our life that we have to shake ourselves and kind of remind ourselves that life is real, yeah. that life is but a vapor, that there are things that truly matter in those moments. This isn't like the teaser before the movie or the opening act before the concert. This is real life. Like this is it and how we spend our time and how we prioritize relationships is important. And, you know, it, I think so many times we, we lose sight of that. And if, I think if you realized and knew that your time was limited you would live out your relationships very differently. Your conversations would look different. Your interactions would look different. You would treat your marriage different. You would treat your relationship with your kids differently. You would treat your friendships differently if you knew that your time was limited. Well, can I tell you, our time is limited. We don't know when our time is. And we have to put a big value on how we spend that. So here's my big question for all of us today. If your life ended today, would you be proud of your relational world? 
If your life ended today, would you be proud of your relational world? Would you be proud of how things are structured? Would you be proud of your priorities that you put on, on relationships? And I actually think as TJ and I were kind of talking through this topic today, I think there are three things inside of our relational world that we would want to lean into if we knew that our relational world was maybe coming to an end. And the first one is this, is I want to talk to you about our time. Mm-hmm. Because if you knew your relational, if you knew that your time was coming to end, how would you spend your time? Like, what would that look like? And the one thing that I've learned in life is that you can't microwave relationships. Mm-mm. Like, food that's microwaved, it serves a purpose. It gets done fast, but it isn't good. Right. Can we all agree on that? Some of y'all, that's all you eat, and you, so you don't know any better. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, but like a meal that Popcorn. has been cooked by somebody who has taken the time to prepare it and season it and marinate it and do all of those things, which I don't really know how to do any of those things. I just know it tastes way better. And I think that there's a real danger when we're living our life in a manner as if it's never going to end, where we just think that we have all the time in the world. I actually wrote it down like this. I said, mediocrity becomes a constant in your relational world when you bind into the illusion that you have unlimited time. Mediocrity becomes a constant. And I don't think any of us set out to have a mediocre life. I don't think that any of us set out when we got married and said, you know what? I just want to have an average marriage. Yeah. Like, you know what? I just want to have, you know, I, I kind of want to know my kids. You know, my friendships, I, I you know, I just have some, some okay friends. Like none of us sets out with that as our goal. But a lot of us end up with that when we think that we have all the time in the world. We end up settling for tomorrow, I'll fix it. Or tomorrow, I'll change it. And, and, And... One thing that, that I just see impacting so many people right now, and I'm just going to talk to parents for, for a minute, because I, I watch this, especially, especially in today's culture. It's this. We're raising kids today that are experience rich, but relationally poor. Mm. Let me say that again. We're raising kids that are experience rich, but relationally poor. And I think what's happened is, is it's, it's not a bad thing because what's happened is we want to be good parents. Yeah. Because we want to be good parents, what we want to do is we want to give our children everything that we did not have. Mm-hmm. We want to give them every experience we didn't have. We want to give them every opportunity that we didn't have. And so what has happened is, is, is you're going, man, I've got to get them to everything so they can have every experience And the way that I'm going to be able to do that is I've got to work even more 
so they can make sure that they can have all those experiences. Yeah. yeah. And so what's happening is, is little Susie is now going to 37 different soccer tournaments <laughs> every week. And, and then on the weeks that she's not, she's in some other sport and in some other activity because you're trying to make sure that they've had all of these experiences. Yeah. And it seems like it's a really, really, really good thing. And you're running around nonstop trying to give them everything you didn't have in yeah. every experience you didn't have. But what you're also giving them is a very relationally poor childhood. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you guys think about it, when, when you remember back to your childhood, what do you remember? You remember the things that you did as a family. Or you remember the conversations that you had with your mom or your dad. You remember those moments where there was something special. You don't remember all of the other things. The soccer games were a blur. Yes, your parents were there, but the things that are so deep inside of you are the experiences that you had together as a family, not all of the activities that you did as a child that your parents were able to provide for you. Well, what's, what's crazy to me is is we go out on a lot of dates. Yeah. I, I would encourage you to <laughs> date your wife. And here's, here's what I watch all the time. I see people that are going out to a really nice meal, and this is what their conversation looks like. Both sides. Both sides. Thinking that we've got all the time in the world, and we're living in fantasy land instead of reality. Yep. Reality is right across the table, yep. but we're living in the insta world yep. thinking, well, if I just someday I'm going to have that and then we'll have that conversation yep. when yeah. we could just have the conversation. Yep. And l- right listen, now. I've never been in a counseling session and we've, we've done a lot of counseling sessions with parents, with, with people where, some, where I had someone sit down and say, you know, Shayla, where it all started was when I wanted to be on that traveling soccer team and my parents wouldn't let me. That's where it all started. When I wanted to go to astronaut camp, but my mom said no. No. They've always said something like, I never really knew my dad, or I never really knew my mom. They just really weren't available when I needed them, and I had to try to figure it out on my own. Time is so important. And it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't take any time at all. And this is true in your parenting. This is true in your work relationships. It's true in your marriage. It doesn't take much, but it does take time. It doesn't take much, but it does take time. When you sit down and you spend time in your relationships, when you spend time in your marriage, when you spend time with your kids, not doing a bunch of activities, but you spend time together. You will never regret the time that you invest in those relationships. The second area I would encourage you guys to intensify when it comes to your relational world and make priority is number two, your words. It's a great verse in Proverbs. Chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue can bring death or it can bring life. Mm -hmm. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Yep. And and I've just learned in life that our words are so, so, so powerful. 
And, and, and I don't understand why God created us this way, but there's something in our soul that there is such a deep need and the impact yeah. based on the words that are put into our or life. not or not put in. Yeah. You know, there there's there's so many relationships that are void of encouraging words, of conversation. You know, like we sometimes we are rich in the wrong words. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think when, when we sit down with so many people, I, I feel like we've talked to so many couples lately. And the thing that has defeated their marriage more than anything is that they use the wrong words. Yeah, I think that there, there's a powerful combination between words and time. And, yeah. and what, what's unfortunate is, is, and I watch myself get into this, we have a tendency to get into conversational patterns. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as soon as I say this, you all are going to go, oh, crap, I do this <laughs> yep. all the time. And, and, and it, I, would, I would say it's almost like a rut for our words when it comes to our relational world. Let me explain it because it, it happens in marriage all the time. This, this is what our conversational rut looks like. We'll get home and, and TJ talks about work and Shayla talks about CrossFit. <laughs> hey, here's the workout I did. This is what yeah, I do. Oh, I'm sore. We're just, talking, we're just talking true stuff here. The next day, TJ gets home. TJ talks about work. And I Shayla tell you what about, I did in the workout. And Shayla talks about <laughs> CrossFit. And, and this pattern repeats itself over and over and over again. And here's the deal. We don't even recognize it. Yep. Hey, same how was your day? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing in your friendships. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You doing good? Good. Yeah. yeah. How was the football game? Like, it's like, and, and that's, that's how no depth it works. To it. Like, I do this with my dad. My dad calls me every Friday at 10 a.m. on the clock. Like, I Hey, can, at least he's using his words. He is using his words. And, and the conversation is exactly the same every single week. And, like, I, it actually was convicting me when I was thinking about this. And it's the same <laughs> conversational pattern. Is, and the problem with this is the thing that we all want out of our words, the thing that we all want out of our conversation, isn't just a rut to get into. But what we really want is we really want intimacy. Yep. I mean, isn't, isn't that the goal in our relationships? And, and the, what I mean by intimacy isn't that like we're getting a hug. Is that <laughs> You mean more than that. Well, I, 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 that's, a different, that's a different kind of intimacy than what we're talking about here. Talking about word intimacy. <laughs> There's a depth to yeah, that. There is, it, it, it's basically we want to be fully known. Yeah. And we want to be fully loved. I mean, if we all really think about our, our relational world, what in the goal of every relationship, I want to be fully known. Mm -hmm. I want to be fully loved. Yeah. But the reality is, is that most of us mm -hmm. are not willing to take the risk that is necessary to actually get our conversations to that place of intimacy. Yep. And so, so what we end up doing is we end up just falling into the conversational patterns and those patterns, unfortunately, keep us from the place that we actually want to be, even though deep down inside, what we want is we want intimacy. Now, intimacy is not always talking about our deepest, darkest secrets, because that's what a lot of us think. Well, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be intimate with somebody with my words, then that means I'm going to have to share the depths of who I am. No, no, no. What I'm, what I'm talking about is, is it's anytime you're willing to get 
to that place in a conversation where you're getting outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like you'll know when you're starting to get to that place uh, because what'll happen is you'll have like that twinge of anxiety inside of you. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, like all, and, and, and at that moment, you're going to say to yourself, am I going too deep? Do I need to stop right here? Yeah. But what you need to do is you need to keep pressing forward because that's the only way you're going to get to intimacy. Here's, here's how I kind of equate it. I, I put it like this. I put a little math equation together. Vulnerability plus curiosity equals intimacy. And here's what I mean by that. So what do you have to have in a conversation is a person who is willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. One person has to be willing to go, you know what? I'm going to get past that fear and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to break out of the conversational pattern and I'll put myself in a place where I'm going to expose myself a little bit and, and I'm going to talk about what I'm truly feeling or what I'm afraid of or what I'm mm -hmm. tempted by in this moment and somebody's truly vulnerable in the conversation, then the other thing that it takes is it takes somebody who is on the other side yeah. who goes, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit curious about that. Yeah, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Like, can you explain to me how, you know, when your spouse tells you how they're feeling, tell me more about that. Yeah, it's like being an active listener. Yeah. You know, participating in the conversation, whether it's with your kids and relationships, you know, whatever that looks like, a marriage, a friendship, is, is being present and being curious and asking a little bit deeper question because when somebody's being vulnerable on the other side of that, that's a very scary place to be. And if you want intimacy in your relationship, you have to lean into that conversation yeah. because we all desire that deep down inside. We all desire intimate relationships, a depth in relationships, but it takes vulnerability and curiosity to get to that place. And this isn't just in a marriage relationship. No. This is in your friendships. Yep. This is with your parenting. I mean, this is in even in your work relationships. Like th the principles yep. apply everywhere. And, it, and until some of us are willing to break some of those patterns, we're never going to truly see the depth that we could actually have in our relational I world. would also say uh, in... I'm not trying to necessarily plug the podcast, but this past week we did. <laughs> Shameless plug. You guys be curious about this, okay? We are very vulnerable. Um, <laughs> but TJ and I talked a lot about relation relationships and how you can have hard conversations and, and be vulnerable and curious in those moments. We may have worded it a little bit differently on that, but we kind of give a little bit of some questions and some guidelines on how you can do that, mostly in your marriage relationship, but how you can kind of lean into some of those conversations that can produce intimacy because you're getting real with one another. Yeah. And the last thing I think we want to talk about tonight, if we want to... Wait, can I, yeah, can I go, just help go some ahead. single people? Yeah, yeah. Single I think people. single people. Single you want people. some help? Single people always love help. They need help. I think marriage people need more help than single yeah, people. They, they, everybody needs help. In my experience. Listen, if you're a single guy out there and you want to have a great relationship with, with a potential mate, bring questions. Like, be curious. Get to know her. Like, I remember dating Shayla. I would write down questions that I brought with me on every single day. He hasn't asked me a question since, but. <laughs> every single day, I would ask her a question. Stop hating. 
I learned everything about her in the beginning. No, I'm just kidding. No, I would bring questions. Yeah. She would answer those questions, and then it would lead me to another question. Yep. Or I'd go, tell me more about that. And the depth of connection that that created is the foundation that has built a really, really solid marriage. Well, and and I, as a woman, was like, man, this this person really wants to know me for me. Yeah. And they're they're digging deep, and they're coming prepared, and they're wanting to know more about that. And that said a lot about who you were and your desire, you know, for a relationship. Yeah. So number three, are you done? Yeah, go for it. We're not really sticking to notes, right? We here, aren't? So, okay. okay. Well, I don't even know where we're at. Well, you're, we're at number three. That's what you just said. <laughs> so. Number three, priority. Grace. Grace. I think what happens in a, in a lot of relationships is that we have way more understanding and compassion for those we don't really know rather than those that are closest to us. We give the least amount of grace to those we love the most. Why is that? I think if we could be present with a little more grace for one another, it could really change the dynamics of some of our relationships. I think a lot of times what we do is we tend to judge other people by their actions and judge ourselves by our intentions. Well, I didn't intend it that way. Well, maybe they didn't either. But we're just walking around and we're, we're judging and we're finding difficulty and tension in our relationships. But what if we approached everyone with the dynamic of believing best about their intention until we learn differently. You know, on our church staff, we have a lot of different staff values, but one I think we talk about more frequently than any other one is that as a staff, we will always believe the best about one another. And I think the same should be true in so many of our relationships is that when we come against, up against a tension or a frustration or somebody did something that kind of rubbed us the long way, if we would just take on the mentality of, I'm gonna believe the best. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna have a conversation. You've heard TJ and I talk about this many times before in, in our relationship. When he does something, his actions do something that, that hurt me or offend me. I have to believe the best about his intention. And so many times I have to sit with an attitude of grace and I have to go to him and I have to say, TJ, I'm going to extend grace. I'm not sure if you meant to do this, but when you did that, this is how it made me feel. And because I went to him with an attitude of grace, it opens up the door for the right words and the right time to be able to heal whatever it was there was the tension in that relationship. And so I think in so many of our relationship, if, if we would begin to lead with grace and to extend grace to the people that are closest to us to seek understanding and go, man, help, I don't think you intended to do this, 
But man, this is what happened. And you give them an opportunity to explain or to say, you're right, I didn't intend to do that. I'm so sorry it made you feel that way. And if we would approach our relationships like that, it would make a huge difference. Yeah. I was thinking about 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He says, my grace is all you need. Yeah. If, if grace is all that we need from God, then in our relationships, don't we probably need to like give some grace to here's the deal. There's a reason grace is like the third of three priorities. Because grace is hard to give if you haven't spent time and spoken the right words. Like it's easy to believe the best in our staff culture here at Coastal. Because typically... We spend a lot of time together. We have a lot of conversations. And so when I hear, did you hear what Trenton did? I would go, man, I just, that just doesn't sound like Trenton. Like that's my response to everything. Yeah. Why? Because I've spent so much time with Trenton. I know that that isn't his character. Right. That isn't his nature. Yep. Like, and so automatically it's easy for me to believe the best. That's why when Shayla does something, like, I have to look at it and go, like, I know Shayla. Like, I've spent time with Shayla. We've had a lot of conversations. <laughs> like, I know her intentions. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to extend grace in that moment without knowing what actually was really going on in that moment. And I think the reason we struggle to give grace to people is because a lot of times we're holding on to past baggage and past hurts and past resentment or past bitterness. It's hard to give something that you haven't received yourself. Like if, and I, I think we forget that the amazing grace that we get from God that was so freely given to us. Like we never really sit back and contemplate like, like God just straight up was willing to wipe my slate clean just so he could be in connection with me. He did it in an instant. In fact, he didn't just do it. He paid the ultimate price to do it. Yeah. But you don't know what she said. <laughs> but I know what you said. Mm-hmm. I promise there would be a whole lot less arguments, intention, and bitterness and frustration. 
we extend it all. Grace. The reason we don't extend grace is because, especially when it comes to marriage, we think we have rights rather than responsibilities. You did this, so I'm going to react this way, and you deserve that. Well, that's the exact opposite of how God treated us. Yeah. Between our second and third year of marriage, I don't know why this is. It's, it's, it's just a, a lot of times in counseling, this is what I've discovered, that two to three years in is a really tough season. Seven years in is a really tough season. 25 years in is a tw- tough season for, for couples. I remember Shayla and I, we were in this season. And uh, we were married, but we were basically roommates. She was kind of living her life. I was living my life. We were just kind of passing each other. To everybody else, it looked fine. Yeah. Every, on the outside, I, I mean, I was, yeah, I was, I was working at a church. <laughs> like, it, you know, we could put on the facade of, like, everything looked great, but it was not great. And I remember sitting down with my stepdad and just having this conversation where, I was like, his name is George. I was like, George, man, like it sucks at home. Like it's bad. And I remember my stepdad said, told me, TJ, just go home and love your wife unconditionally and tell her the truth. And I remember I, I went home after that conversation And as soon as she got home from work, I just, I sat down and I just said, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how we got to this place. But here's what I see and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to fix it. And we started putting in the time. Started putting in the effort. We started talking about what was going on. We started voicing our likes, our dislikes, our frustrations. We started making changes. And I think through that, through that time and through that conversation, there was an intimacy that happened because there was a vulnerability and there was a curiosity that created this intimacy that allowed grace to cover over a lot of things. And I don't know about you guys, but I think our relationships are more important than we realize. And we don't have all the time in the world. And there's some of you guys that are here tonight that you might need to take TJ's stepdad's advice And there's some brokenness in your relationships 
I don't know whether it's your friendships. I don't know whether it's with your kids. I don't know if it's in your marriage. But maybe you need to go home and you need to love that person and tell them the truth and open a door to the conversation because we don't want to get to the end of our life and wish we would have done it differently or to live a life that's void of intimacy and relationships that are around us. And today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, just like TJ was talking about earlier, we have this God that loved us so much that he looked at us and he said, I don't care what your past is. He's looking at you today and he's going, I believe the best about you. I see the best in you. I see your purpose. I see your potential. I see your future. I don't see the mistakes or the sin or the failures or the brokenness or the addiction or the things that you've messed up. I see somebody I want relationship with. And the relationship that we can have with God is a relationship that heals so many parts of our life. And it's one of the greatest relationships that we could ever have that secures us for eternity and not just this life. And I don't know if you're out there and you've never experienced a relationship with a God that looks at you and says, I see the best. I don't see the past. And if you're here today and you would say, Shayla, you know what? I, I want that relationship. I want to let go of my past. I want to let go of those mistakes or those failures or the sin that's been present in my life. And I want a fresh start. And if that's you today, I'd love to pray for you. Maybe this is the first time that you've said, I want to have a relationship with Jesus or the first time in a long time. Whatever that is, I would love to say a quick prayer for you. If on the count of three, if you'll just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Yes, I see you. One, two. Yes. you'll just pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Jesus, today, I choose a relationship with you. I choose to surrender my, my past, my sin, my shame, my failures, my brokenness. And I choose you. I ask that you would come, that you would lead my life, that you would restore relationship for me, that you would give me purpose, that you would give me hope. And God, thank you for sending your son that so that I could have a fresh start in relationship with you. And God, I pray for everybody all over this room. Lord, I pray if there's brokenness in relationship or there's things that needed to be mended, Father, I pray that today that people would leave with a sense of urgency of knowing that it's important 
that it's priority that we care for these things in our life. God, I pray that there would be restoration that happens, that there would be healing that happens, that there would be intimacy that happens as we walk away today and as we apply the things that we've learned. And God, we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.